What is up, everybody? This will be episode three of the Not That Podcast, and today we're going to be doing an episode on Escape the Night, season one, created by Joey, Joey Graceffa. I can't speak. You'll get used to that. But I've seen the show before. It's been a while, though, so I'm going to go make an episode, each ep- episode, English, for each episode of the show, and explain and maybe just kind of tell you what I think. And this is the first episode to preface that's not going to have a visual for it, because I want to try this recording it with just the sound and see how it goes. So let me just preface by saying the um, the cast members and who they are. There is Ava playing the journalist, Ollie playing the game hunter, Lele the hustler, Tim playing the mobster, Matt playing the professor, Sierra playing the heiress, Glozelle playing the jazz singer, Justine playing the gambler, Andrea playing the fixer, and Shane is the renegade. Pretty much the show, to kind of explain it in like a whole, I guess, it's like a fantasy show with like a little bit of a dark edge to it, but it's a reality show kind of mixed with an escape room in a way and it kind of gives you clue vibes when you're watching it or at least to me it does so that's kind of how I would explain it while watching it but pretty much I'm going to explain how it intros itself pretty much it starts with Joey Graceffa he's in the show as one of the characters in every season so there's that but his character sends out a um, invitation to those friends I just listed and they're all YouTubers pretty much in every season that's his vibe for it but he sends an invitation to all of them because he just all of a sudden got willed this home that he's never heard of from this family member that he's never heard of before so he invites friends over to have a party a dinner party and then it kind of goes down the wrong turn pretty much everyone shows up they're like having fun talking and then when they get to to actually eat dinner one of the characters gets poisoned and all of a sudden a game they have to play to figure out where the antidote is to save this person so we'll see where that goes okay now there are some rules that are explained in the beginning pretty much the this theme of the season is the 1920s which by the way if you check out my tiktok and instagram i obviously made a look that i'm wearing as i'm recording this to kind of theme with the 20s so there's that but they have to wear an outfit reminiscent of that era but they cannot bring technology with them at all. It will not show up. It will just disappear. Just a preface. So, yeah. There's that. And now, <clears throat> I'm pretty much watching this and recording it at the same time. Pretty much right now, the characters are being given the invitations. And they're showing like what all they're going to be wearing so far. Okay. Now, this is where 
it gets a little weird because people are like, they're drinking, they're just playing darts, they're like talking with each other. Then one of the guests, I can't say that word, <laughs> they asked Joey if they can like walk around to like see what the house looks like, whatever. And he's like, no, you should just wait for dinner. Well, knowing most people, they're going to want to snoop around and see how he inherited this house kind of out of nowhere. So this is where you see two characters go off and they go upstairs to where they see someone pulling a dead body across like the hallway. They see it and I think it's the maid. The maid walks down the hallway and is like, you're not supposed to be here. And they're like, okay, we're going to go away and like go back to dinner like nothing happened. And you'll see more after that. It's crazy. Now this is where it gets interesting. You start seeing them when they get back to dinner and the character that gets poisoned, they start playing these like multiple games in different rooms to find the antidote to save him. But you learn that the person that was poisoned, he works for a group called the Society Against Evil, which is to fight like demons or pretty much anything dark, pretty much. And he came to that party wanting to help them, but he didn't get a chance before he was poisoned. Because, yes, they don't end up saving him. He ends up dying in the first episode. So. Because typically how later on in the episode's work is two people are chosen to go into a challenge. And one of them dies and one of them doesn't. Is typically how each episode is set up to work. So, but anyways, back to this part. This is where now you'll be caught up to where we are now. Now we're at the point where they find a note on his body telling him, like, who he is and why he's there. And then, so they decide, well, let's leave. There's a car here. So they end up walking outside, and as they get close to the car, it blows up. So then the episode ends, and you... Pretty much see what'll happen next, which I love the next episode in my opinion. But I didn't think this recording would be as short as it is, I can't speak, but I'm okay with it. So I'm gonna say this is episode three of Not That Podcast. And keep watching or listening, I guess of future episodes this is on the app anchor which is i guess sponsored by spotify i'm not sponsored by the way i'm just explaining what it is so i might post this on youtube more than likely also or youtube shorts i don't know how the shorts work but i'll see where i can actually add this so you can watch it in multiple places but it's going on here anchor and then probably youtube somewhere so Have a great day and night, wherever you are, and bye. Well, hello. Welcome back to whoever's going to be listening to this. It is episode four of this podcast but also episode two of Escape the Night. This episode is called The Ungodly Machine. And we will see what...
what will happen this week. Stay tuned and hang out. Okay, so from what I've seen so far, it is a flashback kind of explaining what might possibly happen in this episode. And it's actually pretty well done. Surprisingly, like the animations are well, well done. The creature that is created from what happens looks scary. Like something I wouldn't want to go against. So there's that. And you kind of are introduced a little bit more to like the main villain of the season. It's like the creature with like the, um, kind of like a bird kind of face, like a long, elongated mask with two like eye holes and that's it. And also to explain more from last week that I forgot, there is a little thing where the entire cast has to find these four artifacts to pretty much cleanse the house of evil. But that's pretty much why they have to go through each week and do a challenge and that kind of thing. And by the way, if I sound awful or forget something, it's because I've been dealing with food poisoning, so there's also that, like, if I cough or something, then that's why. (laughs) And I also do have to point out the, like, intro that they give where it, like, shows who's in the show and all that kind of thing. I wish the art was a little bit more detailed, but obviously it's the first season of the show, so I understand why it doesn't look as crisp, maybe, as they wanted it to look. So that's understandable, but just a little more, I don't know, there's just something off about it when I watch it sometimes, but other than that, it's really good. So now the cast is learning about the spirit board that apparently is like a lifeline to where they can like ask it, I think, a question every hour, like that's how it works, to maybe get more clues of what to do next. So what do you guys think they're going to ask? Now they just found this, um, they had to find these books around the room because the board told them it spelled out the word books, so they start searching around and they find eight of these books that have arrows with the symbol that's on the little hand that you see with the number at the bottom. And they have to turn these dials on the bottom of the little hand statue in the direction that the order of the books are in. So... And then that's where they open this. They use the code that it gives them to open this chest. That's 3547, I think is what the code was. And now they are reading the next clue. And I do have to say the show is really well done when it comes to, like, the creation of the clues and, like, how it's all put together because it's so detailed in that sense. It might not have to relate to, like, the story, per se, like, the clues, but it works when it shows who are the stronger like assets to the group versus the other ones. Like you can tell as you watch it which people are good at finding clues or good at doing whatever their certain thing is, which is smart to see because that's when you see the cast members when they vote later on on who to get rid of and who to keep based on if they actually did any work in that episode or whatever that week so it's very smart to pay attention to that because it'll give you hints of who might stay and who might go so now they read this note and it says they have to find pretty much the four elements around the first floor to give them clues of a code they have to find to unlock this cabinet so it's fire water air and earth and they just found 
air on an old school fan, which was the number eight. And now they're working on where they, they found fire, which was a heater, and then water, which is like this uh, box that they have to fill with water, but they're not really knowing how to figure it out yet. And what I just saw was Matt. He does not like Lele that much because she kind of takes over clues that she found earlier and says, oh yeah, this was mine. I want to do this. Like, instead of being helpful, she kind of takes over the things that she finds and says that they're hers and she wants to do it herself, which is hard to say if that's a good thing or not, because then it can kind of sway people to either be like, yeah, she can take charge and do it herself or make her seem kind of like that's all she'll do. She'll push anyone out of her way to get to where she wants to go and survive. So it kind of depends on how you read that as a person, I guess, to if you are okay with it or not, to if she'll survive or not. That's also another thing. So I wonder if any of you listening to this have, and hopefully watching the show like I am, have any guesses of who will last to the end or not because it's interesting. Okay. Now, they just found the code 2358 and open the cabinet and find the last, like, key or piece to the ungodly machine, which, when Ava reads the note, says it's in the basement, which is normally not the best place to go when it comes to anything scary or horror-related, but they have to go to the basement and see what the machine is and what to do next. So now when they're reading the note, they realize they have to vote for two people to be locked in the machine, but also pick up, they have to pick a partner for them to help them like fix the machine and put it together. So it's pretty much four people are chosen, but only two people are getting the actual option to either stay alive or not. It just depends on who does better depending on if their partner dies or not which who dies in this episode I'm kind of okay with that probably sounds awful but this person didn't really do much anyways so there's that (laughs) now this is where the like introduction of how the voting works is introduced I think I just said that twice whatever (laughs) But the groundskeeper, he suggests doing, like, the writing a person's name down and putting it in a hat. That's where they introduce this into the show. Later on in seasons that I've already seen before, but I'll rewatch them again and explain it more. But later on in those seasons, they create cards for each cast member to make it easier instead of having to write them down every time. So they just pick a card and put it in, like, a box... They make it better as the show goes on, which is nice. Now there is an alliance of four people that are being created at this point, And they're kind of throwing possibly Andrea under the bus because she's kind of... She's kind of that character that like weaves in and out of like clues and things to where she like, she'll do one or two things to kind of keep herself seeming like she's doing things and safe throughout all the episodes which is to me kind of 
I would say the smart option, but also not, because then you could be seen as like you're not doing anything. So it's hard to figure out where you f would want to go as one of the cast members, of, like how you want your story arc to go. Like if you want to be like very helpful, kind of helpful or really not helpful at all, and kind of just be like you're not doing anything the whole time, just to see where you might land. So I feel like it's smart to have an alliance, but also not in a way, but we'll see what happens, see who survives or not. And now people were voted and it was Andrea and Lele. They are going to be locked in the machine and Andrea picked Justine as her partner and Lele picked Ava as her partner. And to me, this is where you'll see that they plant that little seed of Justine possibly being the whole villain character right now because she kind of portrays that character that's very stupid and what like everything she does which honestly you kind of start to believe it because of how she acts for a little bit but then you realize she's just not that at all but I'm not gonna spoil too much of what happens with her but yeah you'll like kind of like where her character goes but also not in a sense, actually. So now they're reading the instructions on how to do the challenge, and they have to pretty much make the ungodly machine malfunction and break down for them to get the artifact out of it. So, before it goes any further, who do you think is going to survive? Andrea or Lele? I'm kind of okay with who dies, but also not okay with, because... I feel like this person could have been more helpful if they lasted longer, but I'm not the creator of the show, which also, the good thing is, a lot of these deaths that happen are not planned. There's only ever been, I think, from videos I've seen, two or three planned deaths because they had, they could only have certain people for a certain amount of time, like on camera, because they had other things to do, like Shane. He was a planned death because he couldn't, with like scheduling or something, he had a movie he was creating at the same time as the first episode, so they made the challenges or clues and stuff to do really hard so they couldn't figure it out. And I think in season three, I want to say, there's a planned death. And in season four, I think, I think it's three and four, there's a planned death. I can't remember though. As, we'll, as we watch them, I'll be able to jog my memory of which seasons it is, but season one, that the first episode, that was a planned death because he couldn't be there the rest of the season, so yeah. And here it is. Spoilers if, like, at this point you don't want to hear who survives and who doesn't. That's your option to do that or not. But Lele survives and Andrea does not. Which... At this point, I when I first watched this, I just didn't know if I was okay with that or not, because Lele, the further on she goes in the episode, she kind of gets frustrated really easily and doesn't know, like, how to handle, like, just do the, just be helpful, don't take over situations and try to figure it out yourself, because it never works out in the end. When you do it alone, like, 
ask for help and just be helpful to me is how I would play the game to survive longer. But I wouldn't let people like walk over me either. So it's hard to say whether you like her or not. Because like she can walk over someone very easily throughout the episodes. If she lasts more than the, this next episode or not. Or the next episode. Reword that. <laughs> God. Oh gosh. But yeah. Now. And now we're about to see everyone's reaction to who comes back and who doesn't. So, this is where most people are okay with it, but then once Lele comes back, they realize Matt is the one that voted for her, which is obvious, because, hello, they don't really like each other at all. But this is when Justine explains that she did everything the same as Ava, and nothing was working, like, she whines about it, but then she kind of is like, I'm glad she's gone, she didn't do anything anyways, so I, you, you kind of see her say that she was doing it on purpose just so she would die and it's like oh okay girl I see you and then they put the artifact on the mantle where they put them all the whole season and Ollie he sees like a piece of paper hidden underneath like this little area and he reads it and says one of you is in league with the evil so this is where they start to question like this is how the episode ends they start to question who it could be, and that's something you should keep in mind watching the whole season to figure it out, because it's very interesting on who it is, because they've been there the whole time, and it's so obvious once it's revealed later on, but this is episode two of Escape the Night, and... I would like to say thank you for whoever is watching this podcast because it's very new and I'm figuring out as I go what to talk about because I don't want to spoil too much but I also do because spoilers I don't really care about that much I'll still watch it just to see like how it gets to the thing that's spoiled like what made that person the villain or whatever the case is but that is episode two of not that podcast and have a good day what is up everybody it is episode three of escape the night called buried alive and it starts well hold on let me scratch that let me start with kind of keeping you up to date pretty much first episode shane is killed then Andrea, just to keep you up on, like, who's not with us anymore, I guess you could say. But now with this episode, it starts with a flashback to this couple. There, There's a sexual scene, just so you know. Pretty much, this couple is done having sex, and they are, like, smoking, and then you see the guy kind of get close to the girl and all of a sudden he chloroforms her and knocks her out then a few seconds later he's like carrying her on his shoulder while it's like raining outside to go I guess bury her alive wink wink on the episode name but then she kind of escapes I think for like a second 
and that's where the episode kind of references what is going to pretty much happen to someone they're going to be buried alive but we will have to see who it'll be which I think a lot of you will be surprised of who it is because I was I wasn't okay with who it was kind of in a way but you will see okay so after that flashback pretty much everyone is at that point where they're doing the blame game of who is like in league with the evil like they're just calling each other out and yelling at each other and then Joey points out that there was a note Ava brought back from the artifact in the last episode so he's about to read that and kind of explain or no it's not a note it's a picture I think of someone and they have to figure out like the clues within the photo and you'll see what happens <laughs> so they read the note and look at the picture and it says they have to do a seance to summon I guess the spirit in the photo to talk to her about what to do next and it's a woman in like a blouse with green like emerald earrings and they have to either find the clothing or her birthstone which they notice is the emerald green color to like put around the seance so nothing else comes through but her so they have to go to the second floor and explore and find clues hidden everywhere so the earrings and the scarf have been found now Ava Matt and I cannot remember the other girl's name but they are finding the wig to match the girl's hair color in the photo I think it was red hair but I can't remember because it's they had to literally look at the photo and then tear it up that was the rule they had to literally rip the photo so they couldn't look at it the whole time so I think it was red hair though honestly I don't remember <laughs> okay so now they perform the seance and summon Caroline she pretty much says they have to find her coffin and the key to open the coffin so the group splits up into two different teams to go find each thing and so far you might subtly have a clue who's working with the evil based on what you've seen so far that's just a hint but it's getting a little easier to figure it out once you notice it so now you've probably seen the both groups are talking to each other about who they think the like person is that's working with the evil and each group pretty much believes that anyone in that group is not with it but the other group is obviously drama and Joey's group just found where the coffin was located the other team is still looking for the key for the coffin which is very interesting based on who's in that group actually <laughs> interesting so they find the coffin and open it and her body's not there but pretty much her soul was released and this is where Matt reads a note that says pretty much there's no challenge they just have to vote for someone to be buried alive there's no challenge involved at all and this is where the show gets a little bit darker because I wasn't happy with who is buried alive but it had to happen for this episode so and guess who they most of them pretty much chose they chose Justine so she is buried alive at the end of this episode which to me wasn't the best option to me like she was helpful but also they didn't trust her so I get why they chose her it's one of those like one or the other options to me but 
still, I think there were better options for them to get rid of, but it had to happen. So after she stops screaming in the coffin, they find where the artifact is underground, and there's a little cube or something with the artifact. And that's where the episode ends. They end with them kind of all be being a little broken a little bit. Kind of like it's hitting them a lot that it's going to get worse the more that they go into it. So, that is this episode done. So, what were your thoughts on Justine being the one to be buried alive? Because, to me, there could have been someone else. But... That also had to happen based on the story, so it makes sense. But who do you think will go next? I obviously, I think I remember who goes next, but it's been a while since I've watched this first season, actually. So, but that is this episode of Not That Podcast finished. And if you want to listen to this podcast anywhere else, I'm learning where else I can put this. This I think this episode will also be on Spotify and Google Podcasts. I think I'm figuring out how to put things in other places. And I might put it on YouTube also if I can save the podcast from this and put it on there. I'm learning. So it'll take some time, but I'm learning. So have a good day and see you next time. Welcome back to Not That Podcast, and this is episode four of Escape the Night, and the episode is called Mannequins, and it starts with a flashback to a person who is, I guess, very, very, like, particular in what he likes, and I guess he captured this family and is setting them up like a um like if you go into like a new home like how it's set up pretty much but he's using them as like the family like turning them into mannequins to like see what the house would look like so he's pretty much gonna kill them at this point so that's interesting I'm curious to see where this episode goes because I do not remember this episode it's been a while but based on the episode, it looks pretty. Or the name of the episode, it looks pretty interesting. Oh, I can't speak. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see where this goes. So, this episode starts with what they found last week. That little box. Well, Ollie, he's so frustrated and angry from killing Justine last week that he smashes the box open and it has the word "idol" on it. I D L E, not the other idol. So, they start looking around for clues, and Joey notices a clock with a phrase underneath it that says, like, letters become numbers and numbers become letters, something like that. And he notices that the time is idle, like it's not moving anymore. And they start thinking, there's 12 numbers. So I think they figured out that they have to put... The, each hand on the clock that's in idle where that number falls in the alphabet on the clock I think is what they end up doing
So they put all the hands of the clock in the right area and it reveals this little box with where they have to find a key. But they where would they find a, a they also found a photo of like the staircase in the house, so they go to look for that. But Tim pulls Sierra aside and shows her outside from the window that there's a car and they go like investigate to see what's out there while the others go look at the staircase to see if there is like a difference from the photo to the real staircase in like real time to see if maybe there's something hidden that they might notice so we will see and also by the way if you're not really liking like the quote-unquote acting of the show it's not meant to be professional. I get that. Like, it's you YouTubers being thrown into, like, a acting slash reality show space, which th- most of them aren't professional in. But, it like, it gives it, like, a real, like, good spin on it to, like, see them. The ones that, like, full in go into the story and the ones that don't. So it gives a good, like, taste of reality and not. Because some of them are just not that great, but it makes it funny because when they mess up, sometimes they keep it in and it's really funny. <laughs> so now as Tim and Sierra are going to the car, it cuts to the other group looking at the staircase and Joey finds like a little wooden piece that doesn't fit with the photo and the key is inside of it and they open, they pretty much put the key in and open it and it's the door hidden room to what we saw at the beginning of the episode where the guy was creating the mannequins and they walk in and it's just like a dinner table with all of them sitting there as mannequins just chilling and they're like what the hell is going on i'm so confused (laughs) so now tim and sierra find clues in the car and they find a mannequin hidden in the trunk while the other group is putting the clues back together of how to reset the the photo of the family of five at the dinner table and they're missing one of the mannequins which is the girl that Tim and Sierra find so they're about to bring the mannequin to them to make it look like they weren't like being sketchy or anything just to you know be like hey we were just finding clues in another area possibly gonna leave you if the car turned on but whatever you know like that kind of thing so yeah so now that they brought in the mannequin and set them up just like in the photo the clue that appears next says that they have to vote for two to go play perverse games on the second floor of his other art installation and who they vote for to go up there is interesting because this is where a little twist comes into play of how the show kind of evolves in the future oh I just remembered this also was a planned death too because I think the person that ends up dying had an injury from something and they couldn't like move around or do a lot of the challenges so they had to like had to let them leave because they couldn't do much with their injury so there's also that that might give you a hint of who it is based on how everyone's like walking around and doing everything so that might be a hint. So, they voted for two, and it was Lele and Joey picked for the challenge, and pretty much 
Matt was the one that pretty much voted for Lele, and Glozell voted for Joey because she still doesn't trust him. She thinks he's working for the evil because he pretty much owns the house, even though he didn't get the deed for it yet, but technically, he owns it in a way. So, we'll see who survives. So, they both walk into a room full of mannequins where they have to pretty much do kind of perverted things like kiss a mannequin, that kind of thing to get a number underneath the door every time they finish one of these challenges. Which is very interesting. This scene is really funny. <laughs> so after they get each number, which is three, it's four, seven, two. They open like the little compartment in the desk and find this book that apparently they thought one of them was going to die. It's actually a book that when you write someone's name in it, they die. So that this is where they have a conversation on who they want to write in the book. And it's technically between Matt and Glozell. Because Lele doesn't like Matt and Joey doesn't like Glozell. So in the end you're kind of about to see who kind of wins over in that battle. And Joey writes Glozell's name in the book. So she starts dying and this whole scene is just ridiculous. She like does it so like over dramatically. She literally twerks when she dies. It's the funniest thing to watch. But pretty much they get the third artifact after doing that. And they're about to walk downstairs and kind of be confused with the other cast members being like, why didn't one of y'all die and she did and then this is where a huge fight comes out and Lele yells at Matt and is like it was either her or you so you're lucky I saved you now sit down and like screams at him and then that's where this episode kind of ends it was an interesting episode though because that's where the, you start to see the show might not be what you would expect it because of that little twist of them voting for someone else and not one of them dying instead, which is interesting. So, did y'all think it would be Glozell or did you think it would be someone else? Because to me, I was kind of okay with her going. I mean, she created the drama between Joey and her, but there's still other people that will create drama later on. Trust me, there's a lot more coming. But this is definitely isn't one of my favorite episodes yet. We haven't gotten there yet. It's just getting started. But that is this episode of Escape the Night on the Not That Podcast. And I'll talk to you later. Bye, guys.